0: Why not? Other odds, it sounds bad.
1: Okay, we're live. We are live! we Boston Garden for the 1995 Eastern Conference semifinals between the Chicago Bulls and the Boston Celtics. What are you doing right now? Just my announcer voice. <laughs> What am I supposed to do during this? your sound normal check?
0: voice. Sound checks are supposed to be for when you're actually going to be talking. If you do well, it. well,
1: Daniel, this is <laughs> how I speak normally, most of the time. I could do my uh, my cool jazz radio DJ voice. Go ahead. Well, thanks for tuning in. We're going to listen to
0: Rhapsody in Blue by Duke Ellington. Oh, see. Yeah, one of my absolute favorites.
1: Maybe the NPR voice would be better here. Mm. Um, the art fusion of the Korean Deco location. Mm. How did that make you feel? This is going to be a really hard podcast. <laughs> I just said Korean Art Deco location. I, you know, I know so little about art that yeah. I didn't want to question you.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's Thomas time. I'm Daniel Zarchi. <laughs> but you're not. Uh, we're drunk, and this is
1: episode 137. Of the Two Guys, A Glove, and The Coke Bottle Podcast. I can't believe we've done this 136 times already. Yeah, me neither. I mean, most of them were like years ago when the Giants were good. The Giants are not good right right now. And many of them at your parents' house. Yes. Where you no longer live. We are now at my house. That you you own. own. Co-own. 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 Like a bad fantasy team. It's co-owned.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's (laughs) of Bad fantasy. No, nobody wants to Uh. hear about that. Uh, Thomas kicked my ass in our league last year, but that's not what we're here to talk about.
1: I sure did, and I will continue to. Thomas, you hate fantasy sports. I do. And yet you're really good at them. No, that's not true at all. Um, let's get into the Giants real quick. They're 57-91. and That's not great. Now, if you back it up, flip it, and reverse it, Mm. hell of a season. Yes. First place, (laughs) uh, in any division but the NL West, um... But no, where they stand, they are 38 games back. (laughs) (laughs) The rival Los Angeles Dodgers, (laughs) despite the Dodgers losing, what, 14 of 15? Something like that. The Giants are still 38 games back. They're 24 games out of the second wild card spot. One of the few teams in the National League physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, And they're even nine games back of the San Diego Padres. Yeah, that's not good. Although, it is good. Because we get the first pick.
0: You know, it, I'm all for When you have the possibility of getting into the playoffs, and I talked about this when it came to Carlos Beltran, um, this has been my... You're making arguments from 2011? Exactly. When, if you get into the playoffs, the playoffs are a crapshoot. Right? And we've seen three teams in a row, not three teams in a row, three teams in five
1: years win the World Series. One of them was arguably the best team in baseball. Which one was that? 2012. Not true at all. The well, t- even going into the World Series, the Tigers were much better. The Tigers were, the Tigers were the,
0: the media darlings, but the Giants had a better record in the regular season. They'd done better in the, uh, well, they hadn't done better in the playoffs. But anyway, Bob Nightingale <laughs> picked them in five. Fuck Bob Nightingale. Yeah. I hate. I went Bob back. Nyingale. I went
1: back and looked at all your tweets around that time because I got into this weird 2012 World oh, Series deep oh dive. Oh my god! And you were you were upset. I was upset. I'm still upset. You're a man. Bob Nightingale
0: writes the most irresponsible bullshit about, you know, this side of Jason Whitlock. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. We're not going to talk about Jason Whitlock, but Bob Nightingale pretends to be a legitimate reporter. And I have no doubt that when he like breaks news or whatever, it's, it's fair. It's true. It's legitimate. People trust him. But when he writes opinion pieces about what's going to happen, it's utter bullshit. And I don't know what he's done, aside from when he writes about the Giants. And I don't care, because I have a good enough sample size of him writing piece after piece about how the Giants are going to lose, the Giants are going to get destroyed, you know, the Giants are outclassed by the Tigers, blah 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 And finally, he was wrong. He
1: keeps writing, why hasn't this man left the baseball business forever just because I don't like him? Thomas? To be fair, he's probably, like everyone else, been booted out of the BBWWAA CRP two (laughs) thousand. Whatever the Baseball Writers Association's called and now. The Pivot to Video. No, that, none of that's true. Um, that was Danny's rant on Bob Nightingale. We do have some good news, though, as Giants fans. The record's not good. The players on the field, not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Bold strategy, <laughs> Cotton. Very certainly not great, Bob. Um, no. <laughs> but old friend, friend of the podcast. Yes. Podcast survivor. One of our original friends of the podcast. Ryan Vogelsong, will retire as a San Francisco Giant Sunday... Uh, September 17th, I believe, is the date. He will take the field as a member of the team in full uniform and then be removed forcibly <laughs> from the mound uh, by Bruce Bochy. And he will officially be retired at the age of 40, which I can't it's believe. Good age. Uh, Ryan Volga's is 40. Yeah, um, that, that felt like a much bigger number before we got into our 30s. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, since... Oh, man. He's like our, a slightly older version of us. When we do these episodes more infrequently, we age so much faster. <laughs> I think three podcasts ago, we were 28. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my 30s. You're in your 30s now. Um So Ryan Vogelsong's story, we all know. Fifth round draft pick in 1998 for the San Francisco Giants. Never really uh shook out. Had to go over to Japan for a bit. But came back as a non-roster invite Well, team.
0: most notably was traded for Jason Schmidt.
1: Right. As part of the Jason Schmidt trade. Jason Schmidt ended Giants. up being
0: a, an excellent ace for the Giants. For those of you who started tuning in in 2009.
1: Yeah, there are some of those. More in 2010 than 2009. But um, two-time World Series champion, part of the 2012 and 2014 teams. Um, I have some stats. What are you... But before I get to those, what are your... What's your lasting memory of Ryan Vogelsong? song? It's got to be the 2012 playoffs. Okay. Um, what specifically?
0: Chicken enchiladas. The, uh, the, the enchiladas. Game, game six. Uh, well, it was for every game, but that was like, that was kind of the first time I really remember kind of Giants local fandom getting into it. You know, it was like, every game was like, who's the pitcher and all of Twitter and all the people that we talked to. You know, everyone would change their avatars to be Ryan Vogelson or to be Zito or whoever. They would, you know, once we found out that Vogelsong likes to eat chick- chicken enchiladas the night before he pitches, we all started eating chicken enchiladas the night before he pitches. I, I just never stopped. I right. was already exactly. eating chicken
1: enchiladas most
0: nights. Um, and just, uh, no, it, it was really good. I'd say the one singular moment I remember the most is when he was trying to bunch and the pitcher. They're a little too far inside and he Vogelsong stands up, throws the bat down and just glares at the pitcher. Hmm. And uh that was terrifying. Mm-hmm. I, I mean I you know, it's like it's like what they say that when the, the train came into the station and everyone in the theater thought they were about to get hit. I, I thought I was about to get charged. Okay. I I felt like I was on the mound and Ryan Vogelsang hated me.
1: <laughs> we were at a game where he actually broke his finger on a on a and during an at bat. Yes. I remember that game. Um, but well, I agree with you. We've been present for a lot of pitcher injuries. We have, but we remember saw like do Zito get injury? hurt in, in, Fresno. in Fresno at Chuck Chansey Field, <laughs> where you can't gamble, which is confusing for most of my Chuck Chansey experience. has been losing money at blackjack, but that's a, t- a story for a different day. Um, my experience with Vogelsong was similar. I remember the 2012 NLCS. Um, he started game two and won game two. Um, the only first of the four games that they won against the Cardinals in 2012. Pitched seven innings, gave up one run, won the game. Then came back in game six, seven innings, gave up one run, won the game. Actually, as I was digging through his stats, uh, Ryan Vogelsang has started seven playoff games for the Giants. He's had eight appearances in total. He's 3-0, and 3-0 with a 2.92 ERA. And the Giants are 7-0 and in all of his starts. He was fantastic. He never took the mound in the playoffs as a starter, and the Giants lost the game. I mean, I remember
0: we were talking to old friend Jonah Carey, and we said something to the effect of, like, who's going to be this year's Jonah Carey? Or, who's going to be this year's Ryan Vogelsong or Jonah Carey? Either way. We're always looking out guy. for good writers. And uh, Jonah said, you know, this doesn't happen every year. This isn't like a, oh, who's going to break out? No, this is a guy who was done, who was absolutely done. He had no right to be anywhere near our Major League roster. And he came back, and he was an above-average pitcher, and he was a clutch pitcher, and he carried the team to victory. And, you know, you remember the 2012 playoffs. Like, Madison Bumgarner was bad. Right? That's something people don't remember, is that Zito pitched instead of Bumgarner because Bumgarner's mechanics were off, and it made sense at the time. Mm, That's crazy to think about. Right? Nobody protested them because Bumgarner was in such a funk. Right. And Zeno gets all the credit and he should. He he was amazing. But Vogel Song was kind of the quiet, steady guy on the team. The grinder. The grinder. Who again had no business pitching like an like even an average pitcher, let
1: alone a clutch champion, you know, championship winner. Who did he pitch for in Japan, do you remember? Uh God was it the Giants? The Hanshin Tigers? Oh. Okay. And I think whatever team was the Buffaloes. (laughs) I don't remember the second team. It's like the Otani Buffaloes or something. I mean, but he wasn't like the best pitcher in Japan either. Yeah. You know, he was, he came back here and he found something. Well, he had a particular style. He had a style where he used all of his pitches. As long as they were a fastball. Where he floated around the zone as much as he could. And he never gave up on batters. You know, he wouldn't walk a guy if he got behind 3 1. He'd he'd keep working the edges of the zone, sometimes to his own detriment. You know, there's a reason he has a 4.8 career ERA. He was not the best pitcher in the world. But for a time, and in certain spots, he was amazing. And he did a lot of stuff for our team. So I, for one, am going to be proud to watch him retire as a Giant. Because to start his career in 98 as a member of the organization go a whole journeyman career which we talked to him about on the podcast you can go back and look through our archives if you want to find that i think that's 2011 we talked to him right we were in spring training, training yeah
0: and by far the most interesting interview of all of well aside from mark Kroon.
1: yeah well the most interesting interview from a person who actually made the san francisco giants <laughs> um but yeah just quite we had quite the journey with him and you know he kind of felt like an everyman yeah felt like we could have done that you know well, i could flame out <laughs> I probably can't come back, but I could have flamed out. That would have been fun. Yeah, they have Vogels. So. Exactly. I'm the, but yeah, and, and I mean, that commercial. Nothing brings them out like a bogey start, man. I'll never forget that. It's just yeah. so funny and silly. And, you know, I know you and I both love the commercials as much as the next guy. I'm still all in for the bochi VR. Whoa. <laughs> um, so he'll always be in our hearts. But we should talk about the team this year. Do we have to? Yes. Uh, We'll go to a segment we used to do on this show, what, around 2012, I think? I think in 2012 I made a declaration. I said, so go the Brandons, so go the Giants. So we started a segment called Brandon Watch. Now, the team hasn't changed too much. Buster Posey's still killing it. You know, Madison Bumgarner's blossomed into a star. We've added some players, subtracted some players. But the Brandons are still critical to the success of the Giants. And part of the reason they haven't succeeded this year to the tune of 57 and 91, is that Brandon Crawford hasn't been great on offense, and Brandon Belt hasn't been healthy.
0: So I think before we really dive into this, we should talk about kind of what's been happening in the game of baseball, right? Go ahead. People are hitting home runs at record levels. An alarming alarming rate. An alarming rate.
1: uh, An above steroid era baseball level. Right. And so,
0: I believe it was the ringer Ben Lindbergh mm-hmm. wrote an article that said basically that several researchers, including Mitchell Lickman and those guys uh, had bought at all at all had bought several game used baseballs from this year and several from several years ago and two thousand and fourteen and previous and they tested them, they cut them open, they did all these tests, and they found out that. Basically, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't remember every detail about this. But the stitches were higher on the new balls. Uh, there were basically subtle differences, and they were still within kind of acceptable rates. But the acceptable the acceptable uh, rate, I guess that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Acceptable level. Acceptable level is quite a variation. And having higher seams produces more top spin and the ball flies further. And even if it doesn't fly all that much further, but it might be 20 feet on even a fly ball. Feet. 10 to yeah. 20 feet. And so what this has done is it's dramatically increased. Well, first of all, it's dramatically increased the number of home runs that people hit, particularly those who were kind of. 8 to 15 homer guys now hit 20 and above without a problem because all of their you know fly balls that would end 10 feet in front of the
1: warning track now leave the ball yard leave the, leave the park we have more 20 guys plus like Aaron, home run players in the league right, now than ever
0: right Aaron Judge that home that ball was going to go out anyway but you know you look at a guy like I don't know I can't come up with it, an example off the top of my head um Jose Ramirez of the Indians, right? You know, he's got 20-something home runs. He's, he has no business hitting 20 home runs, right? Like, this is just something where um, the ball is juiced. And it seems like... well, and except, except in one ballpark. Except in one ballpark. And so the problem is that... Well, not the problem. Then what you have is you have these guys... You have this dramatic shift in baseball where batters start swinging upward they start having this uh uppercut swing and you know i'm doing i'm moving my hands around Thomas can see you guys can't see it so i don't know why i'm doing this This is great radio but you know they do this uppercut swing because it because everywhere you go it plays like course field the ball just
1: flies a little bit further so as long as you can hit it up it'll go out so what your argument you're making is um a combination of a lot of different arguments i've heard where the ball is juiced Plus, uh, not sabermetrically, but I think swing analytics wise, um, it's been proven that an uppercut swing, that uh, driving the ball in the air is more beneficial in this era of baseball. So it's been kind of piling on.
0: Right. So hitting the ball, if the ball is juiced, hitting the ball up lets you take advantage of it. If you hit line drives, if you hit ground balls, you know it doesn't matter that the ball is juiced, you won't get the effect of it. So who knows whether it was a chicken and egg thing, you know, you have these guys who were like prospects eight years ago, like Yonder Alonzo and Justin Smoke, and, you know, Lomo. The, po- the post-hype prospects. Post, 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 post post-hype <laughs> prospects. You know, who in 2009, we thought this guy might turn into something and now he's 30 and he's hitting 35 homers and he's never hit above 18 mm. and... But you see that they're hitting their ball, the ball in the air. And the ball goes out. And so, here's my theory. Is that... I thought this whole thing was your theory. No, this is true. Up until now, this has been true. Now we're going into my theory. The reason why the Giants suck so much this year, among other things, is that, one, at every level of the Giants organization... They, they train the pitchers to hit line dri- uh, They train the hitters to hit line drives. Okay. Ground balls, line drives. If you hit a fly ball, who cares? You know, it's going to be 50 feet in front of the ball, right? You get these guys like Joe Panik, who whose entire career is like, hit a line drive, get a single, get a double. So what you're saying is so, the Giants'
1: ethos is wrong.
0: So the, well, the Giants have, have been ill-equipped to take advantage of the juiced ball. Everybody else, including away teams who are playing in AT&T Park, can take advantage of the juice ball, but the Giants cannot. And so you get into these situations where you have somebody who's never had an uppercut swing before, who's like, you know, maybe trying, I'm going to try to hit it up, and then what ends up happening is that they just feel a little discombobulated and their average goes down. Uh, you know, I would guess that that's what's happening with Brandon Crawford, for example, mm-hmm. is he sees around the league. If I hit it up, I'll get a home run. So he tries to do something that's unnatural to him, which is hit for an uppercut instead of hit a line drive and as a result he has a low average he's not getting the power he wants meanwhile you have guys like Brandon Belt who naturally are power hitters naturally do have something of an uppercut mm-hmm. swing, and those guys are getting more power than ever before obviously Brandon Belt is hurt but he was on pace to break to, to get a new career high in home runs
1: so I'm going to say something controversial and then I'm going to agree with you okay I'm not sure Brandon Crawford struggles this season are due to personal reasons We've had a lot of stories about tragedy in his family. Sure, we feel awful about that. Brandon Crawford is the nicest baseball player we have ever met. Yeah, he's a kind man. He's very soft spoken. He's a wonderful person. He's a great baseball player. I'm not sure that his season was affected by that. Right, I can't you know, say there for was, sure.
0: There's all this stuff about his sister in law dying at a young age, and he took time off during the season to mm-hmm. to deal with to him. go to yeah. her funeral he and take care of his wife and his. You know, our old friend Henry Shulman wrote articles about how every time Brandon goes on a road trip, his wife is home alone and thinks has all this time to think about her mm-hmm. sister and it's I mean it's tragic. So okay. okay. Let's I, I, I don't
1: think that's what's affecting it.
0: So team let's team. not talk about Brandon
1: Crawford. Let's okay. generic Giants player, right? Who got okay. let's Pence, I don't know. Let's talk about Hunter Pence. oh right? can we not <laughs> say we did? It's so hard to watch that man fall apart. Yeah. And, you know, we read Grant Brisby. We're big McCovey Chronicles guys. That's who we are. It's how we became friends. Grant's been predicting every year. The limbs all over the place, violent swing, uh, the mechanics of his baseball career were always going to be his downfall eventually. And that it was probably going to happen sooner than... So you have your sweet swingers. You have your Ken Griffey Juniors, your Barry Bonds, your guys who have beautiful strokes... They get their hands through the zone, nice and smooth. The bat comes up at a nice angle, and that's what they make their careers on. Hunter Pence was never like that. No. His most famous hit in his career was three him day? hitting the ball three times. Yes. you know, and part of that comes from him just being a, a, an outlier. You know, his whole career is an outlier. He throws like he doesn't have an elbow. <laughs> he runs like there's an earthquake. You know, we've all seen that video of him pretending to teach children how to I play like this. Yeah, we've all seen it. Yeah. So you know, I, I mean, Hunter Pence is also thirty-four. There's no bounce back, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm afraid of. So Brandon Crawford, there's going to be a bounce back, and he also still has a one-point-seven WAR because his defense is amazing. Yeah. So we're not worried about Brandon Crawford. No, He's all. still a young man, youngish man. No, uh, he's he's still a franchise cornerstone. Hunter Pence is a Pence a piece of burnt toast, and you can't find the bacon. <laughs> just to
0: just to put a cap on what I was saying about. Um, kind of the juiced ball and the way it's affecting the Giants is that we're also seeing uh, we're also seeing blisters show up in pitchers at a, an alarmingly high rate and you have these pitchers like Johnny Cueto who's never had blister problems before in his career all of a sudden he does you he,
1: blaming the ball? I'm blaming the ball oh interesting I see I haven't read too much about the blister thing right I read much more about the juiced ball thing
0: so you have somebody like Cueto who's 30, right, he's been playing baseball for 20 years. He's been playing professional baseball for 10 years. uh, Or 12 years probably. Right? And he he's used to a certain ball. Right? And one of the most important things that Ben Lindbergh and those guys talks about is that in the minors they don't use the juice ball. They use the old ball. Uh, Obviously that doesn't relate to Cueto because he's been in the majors, but he in the minors for a bit. some rehab starts. Right, but you, you're used to a certain ball, and then all of a sudden they give you a new one that has higher ridges, higher stitching. And all of a sudden you have these guys who, had, who have friction injuries that they never did before. You bet I'm blaming the ball. I mean, there's no way to prove it, but hmm. it makes sense to me. And so you have the Giants in this perfect storm of every other team is able to take advantage of this offensive boon, by hitting the ball into the air. Meanwhile, the only way the Giants can do that is completely retool their philosophy and learn on the fly. Secondly, your have pitchers getting hurt left and right because they're playing with a the ball they've never they've never played to, with before. To
1: the, to the Giants' credit, and to kind of... I mean, Cueto's been the only one who's had this issue. Mad Bum's injury was related to his dirt bike accident. I blame the ball. <laughs> he was carrying an entire backpack <laughs> full of balls and it threw him off balance. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I can see where you're going with Cueto and he hasn't really looked like he should, uh, to the point where he opted into his contract, which did he officially uh, not officially, but he's hinted that he's going to almost certainly where I was at Johnny Cueto's introductory press conference. I was there when they introduced the term to the deal. There was no way in hell, right? He was going to pitch out all six years or seven oh, years, so whatever that's to do. Not anymore. So how do you feel about that? So I love a, Johnny Cueto. I'm okay with it. I mean, it's best for his career. It's probably the last two years of his contract are probably going to look like the end of Matt Cain's contract. But that's the kind of thing you deal with when you deal with long term pitching contracts. And we don't even have to talk about Matt Kane. Oof. Uh, Oof. His last game as a Giant is going to be. Emotional. Sad. Emotional. Very emotional. I mean, as much as Timmy. I liked him more than Timmy. Not because he was a better pitcher. I just... I really liked his corn-fed, chubby-cheeked approach to... Big sugar. Yeah, I just... I just related to him more. You know, Lincecum was such a, a tiny little guy. He was a freak of nature. He had a weird delivery. Like, that didn't... That didn't stick with me. What really stuck with me was Matt Cain's... It seemed like he had... He's just a guy who hit the, pitched really well. He had the Vogelsang grit. He wasn't emotional. He was just... He just seemed like a run-of-the-mill dude who was very relatable, and I just fell in love with Matt Cain. He never had a plus pitch in his career. Name Matt Cain's plus pitch. You can't change it. Eh, it wasn't plus. It yeah. was, eh. What's, what's Lincecum's plus pitch? The slider or the change His change-up. Yeah. is Mad Bum's plus pitch? The slider. Yeah. See, those <laughs> guys have identifiable ace trait pitches. Matt Cain never had that. Yeah. He just didn't give up home runs when he was supposed to. When you really boil his numbers down, it was like his home run rate every is year, five percent lower than this is the year be. He's done. his be. His xFIP is gonna, he's gonna, yeah. and he never did. Why? He's just a good pitcher. Sometimes people come along and are just good at something, and you don't know why. Because he could throw a rising fastball. Do you have anyone in your profession you know who's just good at their job and you can't figure out why? Well, there's guy Thomas Todd. I've had people like that in the service industry. I've had people I can't believe customers like. I've had customers come to me and be like, that's your best employee. And I go, him? <laughs> you know? I can probably think of a few people. <laughs> him? Her? You know, that kind of thing. So, I just always really related to Matt Cain. Now, I want to kind of turn tables Well, he's here. done that this year, right? He, yeah, he's gone. Uh, we're, so, we're setting up the end of the season for Matt Cain's last start. Yeah. It's going to be way more emotional than Vogel song. Which will be nice. The song will be nice. Yeah. Matt Cain will be emotional. Like, I, I can...
0: So I'm to come back and be good.
1: So, oh, man. So the vocal song thing, uh, I got linked to J.T. Snow's official retirement as a giant. Got a little dusty. Yeah. My In my desk space, in mm-hmm. my room. You should clean. Um, Rich Aurelia was throwing him uh, just dog shit balls in the dirt. While he warmed up before the first inning, before he got pulled. Just absolute, like, bouncing three feet in front of him, dog shit throws to first base. Because <laughs> Aurelia had re-signed with the team and was still playing, and Snow was retiring. And I'm just watching Snow just pick all these out of the dirt. And then off the field, and Rennell Brooks-Moon, and maybe even Rennell Brooks at the time, who knows. Um, just saying his name, and his position, and his number, and I just started to weep. Recently? This, this was in 2008, Oh, when he probably, retired. When he retired. Yeah. But I got linked to the video, and it was just... It oh. was a lot. And I can only imagine myself during Matt Cain's last start as a Giant. I'm just picturing me yeah. and my friend Erica just holding each other, just weeping. I'm oh. trying to remember
0: when there's been a retirement that really affected me. Like, Zito was like... I mean, it was... I'm glad we got to watch it. It was such right? a mix. Well, you of remember... That. The, there was supposed to be this big final start between Zito and Hudson, when Hudson was on. No, when Hudson was a giant, Zito was an A. Mm-hmm. They went head to head because Zito retired as a giant and then came back for the A.
1: Right, and they were both terrible. They barely made it out of the first inning. But see, I don't have the same emotional investment in either of those guys that I do in. Match. Right. I mean, we Zito, saw him come up as a baby. Yeah, he was an actual baby. Dressed in a Giants uniform and put on a mound and said, Don't cry, baby. Yeah. Just throw the ball to the catcher. He was just a stocky guy who could throw 120
0: pitches and never won a single game. <laughs> oh, in
1: 276 in his career. <laughs> he invented a verb. Yeah, he got caned over and over and over again. Yeah, so I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna openly weep uh, later this month when he makes his last appearance as a giant. Yeah, in a way that I won't for Ryan Vogelsong, that I didn't for Barry Zito or Tim Hudson or whoever it was. And I'm, just, I'm just sad for Macain's career. I mean, not because it mm. wasn't a great career, but because it's not over.
0: You think he's going to still pitch? He's going to find another job?
1: Of course. Interesting. He's young enough. Timmy found another job with the Angels. Timmy's still looking for another it's... job. Not I'm not really, saying it's going to end it's well. It's not a great exemplar of like what
0: you should do, though. I'm not
1: saying he's going to end as heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> I know. He's I not going to go knock out Triple G and win the title. I mean, Kane
0: was always the number two, right? He went from being the number two behind Lincecum, mm-hmm. slash didn't give up a single run in the 2010 postseason. Hallelujah. Single earned run. Hallelujah. And then even when Timmy started to fade Timmy was still the ace and Kane was still the horse mm-hmm. right and then Kane got to start one season as the opening day starter mm-hmm. and then Bumgarner took over yeah and Bumgarner's great Bumgarner deserves to be the opening day starter he's the ace but in this age where we pick and choose that guy's the ace of the staff uh, King got so little recognition from anybody outside of the Bay Area as being so amazingly good. And maybe it was because they didn't understand what he was good at. You know? uh, but,
1: untrue, Danny. I'm going to push back on this a little bit because I remember I used to listen to Mike and Mike in the Morning, which I guess is still on or maybe still on. I don't know. And I remember one year Mike Greenberg, probably around. Is that Mike or Mike? It was Mike. Okay. Around 2012, I hate you. <laughs> Around 2012, picked Matt Cain to be his Cy Young. Okay. So he got he got his moments. You know, he had his times. Maybe that was even like 2010 or 2011. He had his moments where he did get national exposure. And he did get to pitch on the biggest stage in baseball. He got to pitch in the All-Star Game. He got to pitch in the World Series. So I'm not, I understand what you're saying, that he never had the high profile of Bumgarner or Lincecum. He got his time to shine. And do you really think at the end of the day that he cares? No. We've been around Matt Cain. We're not his best friends. We are close. No. We, he doesn't care. <laughs> He's had a wonderful career. He's made a lot of money. He loves his family. Threw a perfect game. Threw a perfect, Oh, he threw a perfect game. Yep. Who cares, man? Good career. He'll, he'll Thank never, you, Gregor Blanco. He'll never have to buy another beer in the Bay Area for the rest of his life. Neither will Gregor Blanco because Matt will be buying all of his drinks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a couple more things to get through and then we can mercifully... Can we just
0: also ask why isn't Gregor Blanco on the Giants this year? Because he's on the
1: Diamondbacks? He's so good and we're not. I miss him. He deserves better. I miss him. I have a question for you and you can take a few minutes to think about this because I can give my answer first. And that's great radio. No, because I can give my answer first, so we won't have a pause, so you can drink your scotch. Um, Which player on the San Francisco Giants... This is a trivia question. ...has most exceeded your preseason expectations? This The 2017? Coming into 2017, which player that you had expectations for has most exceeded them? This is my attempt to put a positive spin on the season. Um, And I have a couple of options I can give you, if you'd like... Well, let's hear your answer first. So my answer is Nick Hundley. Nick Hundley has eight home runs, 23 doubles, and a 723 OPS. As a backup catcher. Which is not good. For a backup catcher? That's amazing. Yeah, okay. He's been incredible. I mean, a 723 OPS is... Is a starting catcher for most teams.
0: Is an OPS plus of 87
1: cool from a backup catcher yeah, that's incredible
0: No, no you're, you're he's right.
1: fifth on the team in doubles and he doesn't yeah. play half as much as anybody else I've been really impressed with him and he's not a bad catcher I remember when he came up with the Padres and he was a Levon Levon a Padres correspondent told us he'd hit 300 he never yeah. did but...
0: well I remember when he came up and he had that one really good year and they signed him to this amazing contract it was like three years for six million or something like that And I thought they'd gotten a steal. And then he just collapsed. Right. And then he went to the Rockies and blah, blah, blah. But
1: that's a good pick. I have another one for you. Okay. Denard Spann. Really? You can crap all you want over his center field defense. And I will. His center field defense is abominable. Yes. But he's hit 12 home runs this season. His previous career high was 11. Last season... And here's my stat. Nearly 40% of Span's career home runs have come as a Giant. Which has only been 25% of his overall plate appearances. He's developed power in AT&T Park. I have never heard of this before. See Exhibit A, juice to Ball Theory. <laughs> but it's not working for any other Giant. Except in Art Span. I know, but the problem with Span is that
0: the whole issue with the juiced ball is that you need to defe- You can develop power if you sell out for the uppercut swing, but can you gain that power while still maintaining your maintaining OBP, your OBP, your batting average? You know, you see a guy like like Reese Hoskins, who's got seventeen home runs in like thirty-four games or something like that, and he's also walking a ton. You know, he's got a four hundred plus on base. Well, he'd be the best player on the Giants this season. Oh, absolutely. He's one of the best players in the majors so far this season. Probably the
1: best if you just look at look at his numbers. Well, and also he would need to stretch it out over a full season no, or a no, couple no, of whatever. years to be... No, you can totally extrapolate from a tiny. Yeah, because Aaron Judge is the MVP.
0: Not if Reese Hoskins had his way.
1: Aaron Judge just swung at the period at the end of your sentence <laughs> to steal a line from Grant Brisby. Um,
0: let's see. So who is... Well, okay. Talk about... The, the thing about Span is that he was developing power even on his last year with the Nationals. He, he had, had six home runs. Right, he had six home runs, but then he got hurt. Mm. And
1: he had six home runs in like the first third of the season, and his previous career high was like seven. I, still, I was still impressed with Span's season this year compared to my expectations for him. Right,
0: but when you're looking at like the value of a player, like six or four or whatever more home runs in combination with. No on base at all, no play discipline and negative defense is a bad player. So you've
1: had five minutes to think. Who's your player? I. It's hard, isn't it?
0: It is hard. I mean, Buster Posey is far and away the best player. Didn't ex- exceed my didn't expectations. Exceed expectations. No. Um, Hunter Pence, no. I mean, Brandon Crawford,
1: no. Panic has had a really good last two months. Panic, no. First season, no. Stop it. <laughs> Um, he's barely he's barely starter level according to Wins Above Replacement. So something we can talk about is Jeff Samarja right? Okay, that he's, that was my one acceptable answer for you.
0: His ERA is terrible, yeah, and it's four point four seven. You know, maybe in the new era where everyone's hitting home runs, you know, and he's got he's given up one point three home runs per nine, which I thought was a lot higher than that, but that's not, not bad. He doesn't walk
1: anybody. Right, which is a goes in opposition to all the other Giants players. Right, Matt Moore, the bullpen.
0: Right, he's got a walk rate of one point four per nine. You know, Baumgartner's is the one point seven per nine for you know just for basis of comparison. And he's meanwhile, been on the Moore meet. is in the threes. Yeah. Block is in the twos. Cueto and Caner in the threes. Um,
1: so margin. If you were to just look at fit, well, yeah, you're looking at. High strikeouts, low walks. Right. The home runs hurt,
0: but he doesn't walk anybody. And you have to imagine that eventually that will start reflecting itself in his ERA. Right? Because as much as we like FIP, ERA tells us what actually happened. Right? How many runs did
1: he actually give up? And that's what we want to see. So you're expecting home run rate to correct itself. Well, I, I don't think so. Unless but we, they, got, but we got to, to enjoy the ball. We got to enjoy years and years of Matt Kane's home run rate, never self correcting. Mm-hmm.
0: See, but this is what this is the, the the new normal that we don't know about. Is that as hitters are swinging for the fences, are swinging uppercut swings? Are they going to? It, it seems like they're striking out more. Mm-hmm. There's just no middle class anymore. There's no there are no singles right,
1: and you know. That's a hard life to be in. Right. A, it's like, well, weddings, we, it's like weddings when you're 30. <laughs> hey, ladies. And you're married, and you're married, and you're the bride's mom. All right. <laughs> Moving on.
0: I don't know when the bride's mom has ever been a deal breaker for you. but
1: Because she's married well, to the bride's dad. Fair enough. Who's drunk and fuming. <laughs>
0: um, but you have to imagine that it will correct itself. That a high strikeout rate and a low... Walk rate will eventually result in something good.
1: It hasn't, and hasn't yet. Well, I but hope it happens with next Samarja year. For a long time. I hope it happens next year because next year might actually matter. And the real worry, we're getting a lot of articles now out of our beat writers who you claim are the best beat writers on the planet. Well, I'm not we'll saying see. they're not. Mostly we'll
0: because Henry Shulman, you know, yelled at who? Somebody for uh, being stupid about Kaepernick. Showman's just the best.
1: We yeah. know this. He's part of your tribe.
0: No, he's, he's he's a proud member of the tribe. Well, I'm proud that he's a member of the tribe. I don't know how <laughs> what kind of a member of the tribe he is. I'm not much no, of a proud he, member of the tribe. he
1: often brings up his Jewishness when he talks about political issues because, you know, it's the one thing that makes him feel like not a middle-class, white, Anglo-Saxon Protestant yeah. like me. Um, you know. Uh, so you can... no. now we're getting likes on Twitter. That's crazy. We need to talk about Panda. Do mm. we? Yes. Do we? He's on the team.
0: See, when... Okay, so let me ask you this first. Please. Regardless of how he did
1: on the team, how did you feel about them signing him? Didn't want it. Why? Um. The, a, uh, the burned bridges? A... No, no. A didn't feel like he'd be a productive member of the squad. Okay. B, um, Second question,
0: why does that matter in a year like this where all we care about is, is seeing if there's anything left for the future? Because I knew for a fact he didn't have
1: anything left. Right. but so what's the gonna, point? Well, you knew for a fact. Because when they signed him, you knew all those old articles were going to come up. Oh, it was you know, Aubrey
0: Huff that Schulman was yelling at. Oh yeah, I'm, Aubrey I, Huff. By the way, I, I'm going to yell at Aubrey Huff He's right dead now. Me. Aubrey Go Huff, ahead. you're dead to
1: us. No, no, you're just you're dead to us. Yeah, have fuck your, that guy. Have your political opinions. It's fine. You're an American. Free speech. Yada yada yada. You suck. He does suck. You suck. Yeah. God, you suck so bad. Oh, it's so frustrating because he was such a fun player. You know who else is a big Trumper? Cody Ross.
0: Also, probably several members of the active 20, 2017.
1: Can we give the twenty ten World Series trophy back? Can we hand it back? Yeah. We we'll still have two. Huff was on. Was Huff on twenty twelve? No, they cut him by then, right?
0: I think he might have been.
1: It was um, that the year he played 20. second base by mistake. Yeah. No, that was. <laughs> oh, I can't remember this. It, it doesn't matter. We. So I, I, did, I didn't think Panda had anything left, and he he literally went zero for thirty eight. He, he went full A. Eugenio. Never go full Eugenio. <laughs> never go full A. Eugenio. Full a. Eugenio. Uh, referring to A. Eugenio Velez, who well, once went over 272000 because he could never play baseball. For the, for the Dodgers, though. So, double agent A. Eugenio. It was still so upsetting to see a baseball player fail I, so many I times I was on consecutively. board, right? You know, I mean, of course he you were, because you're the eternal optimist. He burned his bridges. Yeah, that sucked. But he came back... He said a lot of nice things. He said a lot of nice things. Have you, you, have you, okay, I have a question for you. And I'm not going to say this with the least amount of sarcasm or the least sardonic tone that I can. Do you find Pablo Sandoval to be a genuine person? In your personal experience, do you find Pablo Sandoval to be a genuine person? I don't care. Okay. Is that an acceptable answer? No, because <laughs> when he makes comments about how he's sorry about what he said, how he didn't understand how good he had it here, I don't. Do you believe in any of them? Right. You know? That's what I mean. I
0: don't. What do you mean any of them? I don't think that you know when when uh, what's it? Gordon Hayward posts on the Players Tribune about how much he loves Utah and you know he's excited to go to Boston. I mean, his PR guys wrote that. Because that's their job, right? I don't think that KD or any of these guys who write these really good pieces are actually writing them, and they're probably not even the ones who say who suggest it. They're players. They employ people to do this, and not to harp too much on a stereotype, but I don't think that they're that good of a writer.
1: I don't read the Players' Tribune. Well, you should, because it's excellent. No, you know why I don't read it? Why? The whole point of the Players Tribune is to put our friends out of work. Well, sure. It's a completely... I'm going to make an arrest Development If It's circumvent sursumvent the entire journalistic process, which is garbage.
0: Well, yeah, but you follow them on Twitter, so what's the difference? Follow who on Twitter? Don't, you don't follow KD and all those no.
1: guys? I don't, okay. follow, I don't follow athletes on Twitter. Uh-huh. I, don't, I don't care what they have to say. Mostly because I follow Buster Posey, and it's someone else tweeting, and it's weirdly religious and I hate it yeah <laughs> and it's really it's just really fake so but but that's my point though is like I follow Brandon McCarthy because he's funny Brandon McCarthy's great
0: that's my point though is that like I don't when whether it was okay whether it was posted on the Players Tribune or it was you know spoon fed to Hank who put it in an article I don't really care this all comes from their PR guys right yeah. and so maybe Pablo Sandoval had it in the back of his mind I really love San Francisco Boston wasn't a good fit I want to come back to my home
1: you answered the question by not answering the question But I you don't think Pablo Sandoval is a genuine person because I, I liked having him on the team before so and I. I recognize that people do stupid shit present company included uh, sexual assault? how about that? that's a whole other uh, it's a reason not to have someone on a team. bag of worms? What's the... What's can of the, worms. can of worms. It's a reason not to have someone on a team. It's a barrel of worms. It's a reason not
0: to want someone on a team. It's absolutely a reason not to want someone on a team. Okay. And so, so that's another legitimate basis to not like him. Yeah. Um, or, Jose Reyes. Or, well, Chapman, mm-hmm. or... Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, or Joe McDonald, or... Vance McDonald. Joe... What was the... Guy who ended up on the Bears. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, um, Greg Hardy. Right. Make All the of these. guys goes on and on. And uh, Brown, the kicker guy.
1: Oh um, man. Yeah, you l- know who. L- l- little too pickled for this.
0: Um, no, that's a perfectly legitimate reason to not want him on a team. Um, okay. I don't know if they were legitimate claims. I mean, I, I
1: tend to feel that they are, unless. I mean, most things get dismissed regardless of right. whether the claims and are legitimate or not.
0: Obviously, the fact that it was dismissed does not mean that it didn't happen. It just right. meant that they didn't choose to prosecute for whatever reason. Right. Um, so, yeah, another perfectly legitimate reason not to like him. Um, I still thought there was a chance that he could what, be a good What was the player.
1: upside? He came back and hit 280 and had 15 home runs or. Yeah. Like, well, um, how? The
0: upside is that he taps into his athletic prowess and, you know, his deep-seated potential that led him to be a really good player all this. I'm
1: Paulo Sandoval's agent. I can't touch my toes because I have the same exact diet and exercise routine as he does. And as I've aged, I've lost the natural ability to do things.
0: Well, obviously you've proven to be right, so I don't know what I'm arguing about. No, about I here. know. I'm just, if I'm just saying. If you look at these guys, and Ryan Saving has pulled off of the scrap heap who have come and done things, uh, you know?
1: There were reasons for them, though. Maybe not Ryan Vogelsong credit where credit's due. They found a gem there. Gregor Blanco, a non-roster invitee, they found, they went, hey, this guy has a really nice on-base percentage. I'm not sure why the Braves cut him. Let's sign him and see what happens. And guess yeah. what? He had a great on-base percentage, played right. some pretty good outfield. He was a good player for the or Giants.
0: Pat Burrell was a former first-round pick who, you and know... Found some power. Had always slept had power. with every woman in Philadelphia.
1: Oh, Which is hard to do, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm 0 for, I'm over a million in Philly.
0: And, you know, maybe he'll do well here. Uh, there were always reasons. I, if the there Giants had reason. chosen to just say, we don't want this guy... Yeah. You know, he said bad things about our team. And we don't want rapists on our team.
1: I would totally support that. Which is what my argument would have been. And I was... I loved Panda. He was my favorite. But you loved Panda even after the sexual assault convictions when he was still on the team. Did I?
0: I mean, most people did. I didn't hear very many
1: calls for him to be... I was in Santa Cruz that night. Right. do not even get me started about that. I know what bar he was at. I know who he was with. I know what moron Santa Cruz residence he talked to that night. Right, but my point is that
0: there were certainly people who said this, right? But it didn't... I, I was not privy to a wide swath of Giants fans who immediately said, we don't want this guy on the team because we think he might have raped somebody. Hmm. And so what I'm afraid is that, afraid of is that it's, I don't want to
1: invoke Kaepernick because it's a terrible example. Oh God, then I got to go three hours if you do. No,
0: but it's, people were willing to put up with it because he was still good. And then as soon as he wasn't good, they were like, oh yeah, the rape, right? That's what I'm afraid of. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what I think happened. Mm Hmm yeah A lot of people were willing to say, "Oh yeah, I don't like him because he probably sexually assaulted somebody, but they were only willing to do that after he wasn't useful to their team on the field.
1: Hmm. I mean, do you disagree with that i don't disagree with you there were there were some steady voices over the years who consistently uh Sarah toaster Posey on Twitter has been very active about yeah uh, you know not being on board with Panda the moment that that happened. And she's linked to, and and Jen Mac Ramos has written some some really informative literature on the subject. uh, In general, not even about Giants um, that I've read. So there were some people who were really consistently against it. But yeah, the everyday fan. Forgive, forget if they play well. I get that. But when we've had all this time to reflect, we've had all this time to figure out what Pablo Sandoval's career as the Giant was. And we all decided we didn't want him back. I had decided that. It was nice to watch him flail. I used to check his numbers on the Red Sox for comedy to laugh at how much money he was making and how little he was producing. That he was the worst regular everyday player in Major League Baseball. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And I got, I I got the shot because, because I enjoyed that too because he rejected us. But we it offered him money. But it wasn't just the rejection. It was what he said on his way out, it was what he did while he was here. And I'm not going to ask you a sixth time whether you think he's a genuine person or not, but I don't believe he is. I don't think people are genuine people. I don't, I don't think, think you can label a person... That's, that's, a, a, that's a Malcolm Gladwell podcast <laughs> <laughs> waiting to happen. Could people be genuine? That's I don't been th- 35 minutes figuring it out.
0: I just don't think that that's like something you can just say, is that they're genuine, a genuine person or a genuine... Or not a genuine person. If you're saying, are they genuine about... The fact that he didn't like Boston and he did like San Francisco and he feels better here and he feels more at home here and he feels like the fans connect with him and the media doesn't scrutinize him and he's just a happier person here. Then yes, that's a question I can you answer. And he, I think the answer is probably yes.
1: You know where he feels like home?
0: The Dominican Republic, Venezuela, where he's from. Great. Right. Boom! Oh, Danny. Oh, I, on I the even podcast. thought about I it,
1: Danny, on the podcast. He is Venezuelan. All right, we need to close up. Do we? It's yes. only been like an hour and a half. I've got a segment called Stat of the Cast. It's not Cast. Stat of the Cast. Okay. Something mm-hmm. I looked up, something I researched, because you do no work at this point. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a lawyer. Right. You do a lot of research, Any you write memos, you do, you do so much. I do nothing. Right.
0: So oh, I did Congratulations research. on your new job, by the
1: way. I have a new job. We'll, we'll talk about it if it matters later. Mad Bums. Take Always Matters. Madison Bumgarner. Oh, okay. Has been worth half a win of FWAR. Fangraphs wins above replacement at the plate. In 31 plate appearances. 31 plate appearances.
0: Half a win. On pace to be a uh, 10 win player. MVP,
1: Hall of Fame type player. With 600 at Now I thought that was going to be my stat of the cast and it's not. Because Ty Block... Has been worth .6 fan graphs, wins above replacement, in 53 plate appearances. Now, here's what I want to happen. I think Ty Block is going to be on the Giants for several years as a starter. Can he play third? I want him and Matt Bum to have a kindred competitive spirit about hitting. Because, who's the most competitive San Francisco Giant that we've ever seen? Bumgarner, Bumgarner. Someone is coming up and saying, Wow, I can hit home runs. I can slug 450 while hitting 178. I'm going to enjoy this for the next few years. We've seen Madison Bumgarner take batting practice, not hit as many home runs as he wanted, and slam his bat down in protest. Ty Block has-, has 10 hits this year. Yeah. That's incredible. I know. So, Ty Block, keep doing you. Make Mad Bum better. Mad Bum teach Ty Block whatever you need to teach him about long balls. Pitching in the bullpen. Well, no, not that. Um, I really enjoyed that stat because there have not been a lot of Giants players that were above zero <laughs> in batting uh Fangraph's wins of Replacement. placement. So it was nice to see those two guys pop up on that list. So. Like,
0: I remember one of the most fun things was, I don't remember what year this was, 2015, 2015. 14 Panic and Duffy 15 15, 15. Had, a, had a Home run Contest 15 was the year Of the homegrown infield Right Was it Okay I didn't like yeah. that
1: um, Well some of them Were still there
0: And yeah. every time One of them went homer Another one went homer You know mm-hmm. we thought That Joe Panic Was like a four homer guy Back when such a thing Really existed um, And all in batting practice <laughs> Right <laughs> <laughs> but then Panic and Duffy would keep homering back and forth, and they got to like seven or eight before they got hurt, and it was it was it was really fun to watch. I mean, because they were doing other good things too, you know. Right. Panic was hitting three hundred and twenty, and Duffy was stealing bases and playing excellent defense and having batting average and all that, you know. Back when things were good, um, but then it was a run competition between Belt and Bumgarner. Mm. You know, Belt would go weeks between home runs. He's a True. streaky guy. Streaky power. And then Bungarner would homer, and immediately Dalt got back on track.
1: So I don't know if that's a thing, but it's not, not a thing. I just, I really love pitchers hitting. It's really great not to have your nine spot just be a complete waste. And maybe we could sign Otani. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Do well, you have uh, $200 million? Uh, I got about 120 bucks in my pocket. Plus, okay. uh, I drove here, so I got my car. So that's like negative 50. It's like a 10 grand, and uh, and that's all I got. Okay, I have a house. You think we're gonna get up, for that? I mean, the gold bullion that I'm sitting on in your house, that's is, true. it's actually really uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm starting to, like. So you can move that. does a shift a lot. Like, just get a chair, Danny. <laughs> it's weird that we have to sit on
0: gold bars. Well, you know, you have to put them somewhere, and I mean, throw on the ground. They're just oh, not useful.
1: God, what are they paying lawyers these days? What are you, an accident lawyer? I like, get gold per hour. Are you on a park bench? Like, what's going on? I build one bar an hour. <laughs> I've been to one bar an hour, but that's a whole <laughs> different. <laughs> to crawl um well that's our show is it are we it, it, are we we're, done we're over it's so nice to be back it's getting late um I love you Daniels Archie I'm glad we got to do this in person yeah I love you Thomas Todd I'm Thomas glad, Gerard Todd the Fourth. oh goodness yes. I'm glad we got to finish four plus bottles of wine there were more not people. just us there were more people here but we before. did some damage it's the Mitch Hedberg joke when he goes in the New York deli it's like, I need more people get the big sandwich and it's like anything else I can get for you yeah a loaf of bread It's the more people
0: (laughs) I never had that problem
1: we had that problem on the podcast tonight so um, this is us signing off Giants pod Uh, we do this because we love you and we love ourselves equally and hopefully we'll be back sometime soon talking about playoffs that we're not in Thomas lives incrementally closer to me now than he did before so maybe we'll do this more often I can cruise the 80 and be right in your pad right away yes so for Giants pod my name is Thomas Todd that's Daniel's Archie Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you more soon. Go Giants. Go Giants.